first kings chapter 18 verse 30 then elijah said to all the people come near to me so all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar the key word there repaired the altar of the lord that was broken down 36 and it came to pass as at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that elijah the prophet came near and said lord god of abraham isaac and israel let it be known this day that you are god in israel and i am your servant and that i have done all these things at your word i wanted to pray again i wanted to bow your head and just say lord teach me your word and teach me to open my heart to you teach me your word and teach me to open my heart to your word hallelujah now the, we know the story very well and i was saying a few weeks ago that you know uh, we could just have titled this the god that answers by fire you know, but uh, really it's the principles here are very profound and we can learn a lot of things from it last week i started speaking on preparing for exploits because i believe i believe very strongly that every child of god should be interested in doing exploits every child of god should be interested in doing great things and achieving wonderful and beautiful things for god i think it's we should be like that but then it's also important for us to understand uh, how and what do I need to do to do exploits. And so we've looked at standing up for exploits and a few things and exploits. And today we're continuing the, this preparing for exploits. And very quickly, I want to back up to last week and tell us this. We can never overemphasize the importance of preparing our heart. Anything you want to do for God, your heart is most important. Your heart, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Your productivity depends on the state of your heart, especially spiritual productivity. It's very important. See, if my heart is not right, everything that I do will be wrong. Because motives will be wrong, you know, um, and everything, the intentions, what I'm hoping to do, how I'm intending to do it, will all be wrong. But if the heart is right, you see, it, it's not necessarily that you are an expert or you are the best in all things. But if your heart is right, God works with people with a good heart. Now, you can look at David and wonder that this guy is not the best of all the people in the world. You know the story of David very well. But there's something very powerful about David. And that was that David was a man after God's heart. In other words, David's heart really yanged and uh, sought the Lord. And so David would say things. I was glad when they say to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. David would say, seek my face. You said to me, my heart reply, your face I will seek. So you see, David was fundamentally different from someone like Saul because of his heart when David sinned against God David said you know what God I, uh, I am the one deal with me and so on and so forth but then but Saul had a wrong heart and Saul said things like oh protect my reputation before the people you see the heart is extremely important when you want to do great things for God but I continue with that. Uh, so this scripture we read, the Bible says, you know the story very well. Elijah called the prophets of Baal and he said, you know what? The God that answers by fire, let it be God. Because what he was trying to do is to 
listen to this is that if a god cannot fight for himself it's not worth fighting for him you see a god that is not god all by himself is a weak god a god that needed to be propped up it's a weak god a god that cannot answer by himself and do things by himself that god must be useless god and so what he wanted to prove is to prove that that which they were calling god was no god because he couldn't survive on his own uh, he can't even he couldn't even carry himself he, he wouldn't even answer by fire you know you have to help him so and so he said let's not help this god and i'm not gonna help mine you're not gonna help yours so let's dig let's do everything let's pour water so that we're gonna make it really really difficult for our god praise god and then they made it difficult for their own god but unfortunately their god failed but you see the god of elijah did not fail elijah god can never fail you it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you've been through. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need anybody to prop him up or make him God or make him better or make him nicer. You know, like some of us sometimes we want to make him love us more. Uh, and I've told us many times that God cannot love more because there's no increase or decrease in God. You have to be human to increase or decrease. But God is God all by himself. Doesn't go up or go down. He can't love more. It's not possible. You see, when we experience his love more, it's because we yielding more hallelujah then we'll experience a greater dimension of the manifestation of god but god is iner inherently god all by himself before time he was god after time he'll be god and he doesn't increase he doesn't decrease so he's just god but as we expose ourselves to god as we humble ourselves and prepare ourselves we're going to experience more of God we're gonna experience more of his grace we're gonna experience more of his anointing more of his power more of his wealth more of everything and that's why preparation is very important so prepare your heart but today look at what this guy did he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down and this message today is not gonna be very long I'm just gonna share a few thoughts with us and the first thought here is is there anything in my life that requires a bit of repair in order for me to be positioned rightly for the manifestation of God? Is there something in my life? I'm, I'm talking about me also. Is there something in my life? Because I've, I've told you this. You're not, you're not changing God. You're not making God better. You're not trying to, you know, uh, and all of that. You understand? You, you know, it's us. You, because most times what we get wrong is we think it's God that needs to be worked on. You see? So when we fast, we think we're working on God to become a better God so that he can answer prayer. No, 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 no. You, there's nothing you can possibly do to increase God. But you see, we need to take responsibility for our own life. And so the question you need to ask yourself is what needs to be repaired for me to experience more of God? And what I'm sharing with you today, as short as it will, uh, uh, you know, a uh, very short message, but one thing that is very important is this, these principles will affect every area of your life. And that's not just church. It will affect you on your job. It will affect you in your marriage. It will affect everything you do. It will affect your finances. It will affect everything you do. If you want to see something powerful, you want to experience God, you need to ask yourself this is part of preparation what things in my life require repairing what are the things in my life that need to be sorted out that's a that's a question that only you can ask 
oh this year i want to experience new wine in my marriage i want my marriage to be beautiful i want this question are there things in that marriage that you need to repair not god oh come on now i'll say that again you know you, you listen to this you know what what we've been taught in church what we've been taught in church would be this so elijah will begin to pray oh god help me repair the altar no god repairs no altar no 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 you can't get it right these are the principles of god because if god wants to repair the altar for everyone then god will become a partial god because he has to do it for everyone so what he could do for everyone is already done for everyone praise god so now elijah repaired the altar of god that was broken are you ready to take responsibility for your life are you ready to take responsibility for the things that are not in place in your life in my life can i ask myself a question what do i need to repair because the problem is we can shift it on somebody else we can blame somebody else we can complain about the government we can talk about the parties in the downing street and make that excuse for everything you can talk about the economy is not working okay but after all said and done if you are genuinely interested in the manifestation of the power of God in your life you might just need to ask yourself do I need to repair some stuff what do I need to repair and it takes a lot of you, you know that's what last week I spoke about the heart if your heart is true and genuine you'll begin to have a witness within yourself even right now as I'm speaking now okay okay I need to fix that there are things that God will do for you. There are things that you will do for you to experience the manifestation of God's power. What do I need to repair? You have God's grace. You have God's anointing. You have God's blessing. What do you need to repair? Do you need to repair those relationships? Do you need to pick the phone up and call someone? What do you need to repair? So you need to ask yourself that. We are not powerless, spineless people who cannot do anything. It's not true. If we lack the power to do it, God is not going to ask us to do it. And so it's important for us to take that responsibility and ask questions, what do I need to repair in order to experience the manifestation of the power of God in my life, in my education, in my finances? Oh, somebody wants to go to do miracle in their finances. You might need to repair some stuff. You might be an impulsive buyer. Get a repair that God's not doing that for you. You might lack your financial intelligence. You just waste all your money. The anointing is already there. You're not bulging to the anointing. You need to ask yourself because this is your of great experience. Somebody's going to turn, somebody's expecting God to just show up. No, God has already shown up. It's what do I need to do? Even for salvation, Nicodemus said to Jesus, What do I need to do to be saved? It's important. So what do you need to repair? The second thing I want to share with us, which is very similar, it's not only that he repaired, he set things in order. I say this the Lord, I say it all the time, I have a training in the evening, I probably talk about this again. God is a God of excellence. God is a God of order. You can just say, it's alright, it doesn't matter. We can just put everything together. No, that's not God. 
And sometimes you say, now come on, listen to this. God, listen carefully to this. God's power it will be limited in the midst of chaos. You want me to prove? Even God by himself in Genesis chapter 1 had to put in order and alignment before he continued his work. Uh-uh. Yeah. First, there was darkness. I got to say, let there be light. Let's see what we are trying to do. Hello. <laughs> let there be light. Let's see what we're doing. And then some of us, if God shines light in your marriage, you're going to switch it off fast. There will nobody see what you're doing in the secret place. If God shines light in your, in your finances, you're going to switch it off because the Bible says that they'll be afraid to come to the darkness because their works will be exposed. But he that is right will come to the light because it will be seen by all men that they're fine. My personal paraphrase. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Set things in order. Set things in order. Set things in order. If you don't know how to do it, ask questions. Set things in order. The Bible says he arranged the stones of the altar, put things in their right place. He prepared, we're still talking about preparation. He prepared the altar. Things were in order. He repaired what was broken. And then after repairing what was broken, he picked the stuff that he needed. And then he arranged the stones properly. Don't also forget that he picked stones according to the tribe of Israel. In other words, he understood the new process. I was telling us last week. He knew the right process for the manifestation of the power of God. That if you do that which you want to do, God's side is already done. What do you need to repair? What do you need to set in order? God is not a liar. If God says this is your year of great exploits, it's done. I mean, done, dusted, finished, and completed. It's your year of great exploits. And then you begin to ask yourself those few questions. What do I need to be? That's why you need to listen to this message about preparation. It's so important. Last week, this week, listen very well over and over again. And as you listen, the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will keep you to do what you need to do. We must bring everything in alignment to the standard and word of God. I like Titus chapter 1 verse 5. He says, Paul was say, say, saying to Titus, he says, listen to this. He said, for this reason I left you in Crete. Why? That you should set in order the things that are lacking. And appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Can you face it? I know some of us have done a lot of business meetings. You know what is called SWOT analysis. Can you face it and ask yourself what is lacking? Uh -huh. Can you face it? Can you ask yourself what is lacking? What is lacking? You see, people who are ready to genuinely make it in life must be sincere with themselves. If you cannot rightly define your position, you cannot get a destination. It's so important. You need to know where you are. I'm impressed in going to London, full stop. Because that determines the path that you're going to take. And it will be different from someone who is probably in, in, in Oxford going to London. What is lacking? Preparation. 
Today I'm just sharing thoughts with you today. Question, what is lacking? What is lacking? That's not to bring you down, make you discouraged. It's to help you to fix. What is lacking? You've been thinking about business. Oh, I want to do this. I want to achieve that. What is lacking? Why have you not done it? Sit down, ask yourself questions. He said, I set you in Greek to set in others. Look at the things that are lacking. I told you this principle is spiritual, it's also physical. It's personal. It's, it's, you can use it for many things. You can use it for your secular life. You can use it for your profession. I want to be this. I want to be that. What is lacking? What do you need? What do you need? God is not a magician. What do you need? Do you need training? What do you need? What is lacking? How are you preparing yourself for the exploit? You just want to knock on the door and just say, you must employ me today. You say, why? You say, because God is my father. So even God will laugh. You'll be like the sons of Sceva. That's probably what I'll preach next week. That's how you would be. Because God doesn't back up idiots. No, God doesn't. It's the truth. The sons of Sceva. God won't show up and say, okay, because they know. I'm the, no, no, no. You just left them. He, listen to this. He just left them and they were properly dealt with by Satan. Not in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. He just left them. No preparation, no nothing, nothing. They just showed up. So I command you in the name that Peter preached. Are you Peter? Talk somebody. Talk somebody. Do you not have a name? What concerns you with what I do? No, it's not. It's not. What my, do you not have a name? He said, in the name that Peter preached, no. You know, and some of us, that's the kind of Christianity we've been taught, the God of my father. No, you don't have a God. Because that's what it means. The God of our prophets. You don't have a God. That's what it means. The God of Isaac, Abraham and Jacob. There's nothing wrong with that. Read your Bible. Jesus didn't say it once. That's for another day. He just said, my father. I'm not saying it's wrong to say it. Don't get me wrong. Because some of you say, pastor said we should not be saying it. No, I didn't say that. I just told you Jesus said, my father. And I normally like to copy Jesus. So you choose you want to copy, all right? That's okay by me. You, you do it the way you want to do it, all right? But you get what I'm saying? What is lacking? Fix what is lacking. You can do it. Elijah took time. The Bible says that believes doesn't make haste. Some of us want to rush the God of suddenly. Now you calm down first. Do what you're supposed to do and leave this suddenly to God. Because you know the suddenly in this story? Let me tell you the suddenly in this story. While he prepared everything and he started praying. You know the suddenly? The suddenly was that the fire just came. But the process wasn't suddenly. The process was predetermined, planned, intentional, deliberate process. That he prepared and put things in place and arranged those things. It wasn't suddenly that you picked 12 stones. It wasn't suddenly that you put the wood. It was deliberate process. But it's the God side that is sudden. Anybody want sudden miracles? I tell you, you can have it. Make sure you've done what you want to do.
I'll prove another one. You know, Jesus Christ. You see it all the time in the Bible. Jesus told them, he said, you want a miracle, you want some wine? Now, the suddenly, how do? But do not suddenly, you do. Go and get buckets and get water and bring the water and pour it. Is that suddenly? It's a process. He said, when you do that, you take the water and give it to the chief steward whilst they were going. What happened? Suddenly. It was so sudden, nobody knew when it happened. Even the Bible didn't record when it happened. We just saw that when the guy drank water, it was wine. The guy was drinking. Somebody shout, yes. I want that kind of miracle. See, that's a miracle that you're involved with. That you're ready to carry out the process because you're obedient to God. In obedience, there'll be a release of grace. Are we still together? We must do everything in line with the word of God. It's a major preparation. And that's why verse 36, I just, uh, I, you know, 36 is so important. It says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. The same phrase that Peter mentioned when he had toiled all day long and he caught nothing. And Jesus said, cast the net into the deep. And Peter said, it doesn't make no sense at all. I'm a professional. I know how to fish. You don't. You're a carpenter. And I know your father. You people don't know how to do fishing. Zebo, but because I know you're Jesus. Because I know your word is superior to profession. Now, don't start me on that. But you see, the word of God is more than any experience you can have in life. The word of God is powerful. And it says, I have done all these things at your word. You want to exploit? You need God's word. You don't need my word. You need God's word. And if I say to you God's word, then you need what I'm saying to you. Do you get that? You need God's word. He said, I've done everything. That's instruction, obedience, implementation. I've done everything according to your word. Pam, that was it. And I want to say the last one. I'm about finishing now. I know some of you are very happy that thank God is short. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. First Samuel. Then David spoke. First Samuel 17, 26. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? I just like the way David thinks. Every time I read anything about David, many things just flies in my head. Number one, he didn't even call him Goliath. Now, that that's, that's, that's has, has a lot of implications. He didn't even call him Goliath. He just called him Philistine. Because by calling him Philistine, he already made him an enemy of God. If you understand Bible, you see, by calling him Philistine, he, he already made him an enemy of God. By calling him that name. As opposed to calling him Goliath. Because anybody could be Goliath. So you can be Goliath and be born again. 
But this is no Goliath. This is Philistine. Because sometimes you see all this processing are powerful. It's, it's a mindset. He said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Listen, that's not where I'm going. And takes away the reproach from Israel. And to show you that he's not bothered about his name, but he's bothered about his heritage and that he is a child of the devil. Then he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You call him Goliath, you make him proud. That he should defy the armies of the living God. Listen carefully to this. You want to do exploit? You want to do exploit? Let your heart conclude within yourself not with your mouth from your heart let it be settled that you're not doing it for yourself mm. let it be settled you see we're back to the heart now let it be settled you're not doing it for yourself but are you gonna get stuff from me you're gonna get people are gonna sing your praise People are going to shout, David, 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 David. People are going to shout. You're going to have things flowing because of it. You're going to, you'll be blessed, God, when you see, you, the Bible says, I will bless you, you will be a blessing. God blesses you first before you are a blessing. But I want you to have a heart for God. I want you to have a heart for God. I want you to have a heart for God. All for his glory. This is a major preparation. Because many of us, we want the power of God, but we have not overcome self. We want the power of God, but we want to keep the crown. And show the crown to everyone passing by. And say, can you not see what I've achieved? Can you not see what I've done? No, no, no. If you really, really want to experience the presence and the power of God in your life, prepare your heart. Not just to say with your mouth, but to say with your heart that all the glory must be to the Lord. You must be ready to do that. He said, and then I've closed it. When you're later on in verse 39, you know what happened? The Bible said all the people when they saw the power of God, they didn't say, wow, Elijah. The Bible said, they said, and the Lord, he is God. The glory was for God, but it was Elijah that God used. God is not afraid to use anyone. The Bible says, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You, can, you will do great things for God. Not by your own power or your own strength. You will do great things for God. You will achieve so much for God. God is not trying to keep you away from manifestation. God is not trying to keep you away from abundance. God is not trying to keep you away from all those beautiful things. You do great things for God. Hallelujah.